Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Aaron Rodgers strikes again, this time on McAfee Perloff. And it was surprising because... He was kind of calling out his own organization. That is the New York Jets. He was calling out a lot of people. You're surprised by Aaron Rodgers calling out <laughs> his own organization? He hasn't been there very long, and he's not even playing right now. So what could he possibly be calling out the organization for? Uh, well, it turns out the organization everyone around the organization, quite frankly, because he was calling out the whoever it was. And according to reporters from The Athletic, it was multiple people who had said that Zach Wilson was reluctant to get back on the field because he was afraid of getting hurt. Now, nobody cares about Zach Wilson. That part of it is not interesting. What's interesting is the Aaron Rodgers part, and that's where we need the music. What the f*** is Aaron Rodgers up to today? Okay. This is why this is interesting. Again, not Zach Wilson. Not the Jets' season is over. This part of it is not what, what is fascinating about the story. What's fascinating is that Rodgers is calling out the organization when he's going to play for this organization next year. So what's the relationship like and how are they managing Rodgers? And how is this whole thing going to go if he's already has issues with the with the Jets and rightfully so, by the way? Like, what's this dynamic going to be like? How is this going to work? I, I'm i actually a little bit, my jaw is dropping that you're saying that. Have you... Can I introduce you to Aaron Rodgers, the NFL quarterback? <laughs> okay. Do you know who he's been about <laughs> most of his career? Aaron Rodgers. He's He didn't get along with the Packers, who is the, the nicest there out in Wisconsin. They're nice people. And he couldn't really make that work. Why did you think he was going to make it work with the Jets? Um, because they weren't FaceTiming him when he's at the Malibu house, and everybody knows the, you got to FaceTime him at the Malibu house now. Uh, uh, at least they had a Super Bowl. They had multiple, you know, <laughs> NFC championships that they, you know, or like one NFC championship. But they had a lot of success. Like, he hasn't done anything yet with the Jets, and things are already going poorly. Well, is this going – first of all, what degree of it? It was a it was a somewhat small comment. I know he was in love with the Jets, so it seems to me like the honeymoon is over. I'll give you that. Are we 100% positive he's going to be back there next year? I well, assume he is. All in the stoop. So here we go. Let's listen to Aaron Rodgers. Cut five, please, Pete, where he is admonishing leakers. Who's leaking information to reporters? Big city. A lot of reporters. I get it. A lot of friends. I get it. They're not your friends. No. Yeah. They're not your friends. Yeah. What? Friends. They're not your friends. Even if they are, like, is that really what you want to be about? You want to be about using someone in the media yes. to leak stuff to uh, in order for what? To get them to put your name out there for a job or if you're a player to get you a write-up something? I think it's chicken sh- Rogers went on to say leaks are a problem in the Jets organization. That's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from, 
and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in a, in a winning culture where, and there's been, this is not the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. Yeah, the trust is frayed. And listen, you could say that Rogers is all about himself or whatever, but the bottom line is he's the only one in that Jets organization who has a clue how to win. And there might be things wrong with Rodgers, but, like, who who else are you following? No one else knows what the hell's going on. Uh, so, Joe Douglas won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Let's yeah, and how, how far down on the depth chart was he in the front office? Second. Dude. It was Howie. Oh, no, he was a huge part of it. It was Howie and Joe. Okay, then why do they suck, then, ever since he left? Because I think Howie Roseman is probably a bigger part of this than maybe we wanted to I, he even gets tons of credit. He's like a celebrity GM. I don't know. Joe found Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. I know who else. Dak Wilson. I listen to find anybody with that organization is a huge credit. But uh, back to Rogers, though. You know what? He one thing he's confirming that the report is true by saying this. Oh, da- he did that also. Yeah, that Wilson didn't want to play. But that's what I'm so confused. I was told by this this Jets frenzy of media that. Wilson, the original report was Wilson didn't want to come back. And then everyone said, oh, no, Zach Wilson wants to play. All the players were standing up and said, no, he really wants to get out there. Now Rodgers is sort of saying that it's true. Zach Wilson did not want to return to the field. It's, I think they're trying to do damage control. Because, but, but Rodgers kind of kills that damage control a little bit. Well, I think what it was is it might have been people around Zach Wilson, agent, whatever it is, mm. who said, listen, you, we know he has no future here with the Jets. We don't want to get him hurt behind a bad offensive Got line it. to go out there and be a sacrificial lamb for a season that's in the toilet. So they may have said that. Robert Sala said he talked to Zach Wilson, and Wilson said he wanted to play. After consulting with Rodgers, who told him, hey, Kid, you might want to just get out there and play and that, and not, you know, stand on ceremony here and that, prove you yeah. can try to win. Yeah. That's sorry. That was the that part of it was the only thing that Rogers tried to come combat. That he says that it was not factually accurate, the context of whatever conversation he may have had with Zach Wilson. That it was about to get him back yeah, out there. He didn't, okay. he didn't he said that he understands the kid's frustrated. He mentioned that, so that kind of makes it confirm that he's upset about something. Definitely. And actually kind of turned weirdly Zach Wilson into possibly a sympathetic figure for five minutes because you can understand why he would be upset with the organization who benched him, benched him, and, you know, now wants him back and they cut Tim Boyle. See, the other part about this, though, is the trust. And this is where the Rodgers thing, like, yes, if you say, like, we should have known about this because it happened in Green Bay. But if I'm the Jets, I'm trying not to repeat any mistakes there where the trust <laughs> may have been frayed. I know, I know. It sounds silly. <sighs> okay. But this is the self, these are the self-inflicted wounds here because you have, you know, leaks. And Roger said mm-hmm. this isn't the only one. There's been other ones that maybe he's let slide or whatever that he wasn't happy with. And then you have the head coach of the organization who's texting with a radio host on WFAN about, you know, the team during the season. Like, if I'm Rodgers, I'm like, okay, I knew I was coming to the Jets, but, like, this is even silly, even by Jets standards. Is it, though? (laughs) I mean, it's not, you know, Geno Smith getting punched in the face, but at least that was two players who had beef. I mean, This is the coach texting with a super fan with a microphone? How many losing seasons have they had in a row? I mean, yes, this is emblematic of the Jets. Not except, It doesn't feel like this is pushing it anywhere that you wouldn't expect with the New York Jets. You know, it's funny, though. Some teams lose, 
And it feels like they're losing, and it's really just kind of on the field, right? Like the Detroit Lions. I'm sure that there's embarrassing stuff, but like, oh, they that lose. was a disaster. No, there's lots of stuff, but for not, years, but not yeah. the head coach texting with the super fan no, that, reporter that about stuff, the quarterback. That was stuff was all happening. You just didn't know it because it was happening in Detroit. I, I think there's a lot of hype about the Jets. I mean, the truth is they're just a bad team. It's just to their core, there's something organizationally dysfunctional here. And to me, and even Rogers, Rogers couldn't save him. I, Rogers, well, of course Rogers couldn't save him. He's not a guy who brings in function. He adds dysfunction in some ways. Hmm, I because think that was so not the narrative, though. That was not the feeling going into the season before he got hurt. It was yeah, like Rogers stabilizes. Idiots. Well, Rogers stabilizes. He actually knows what it takes to win. Oh, my God. Who felt that? You felt that? I did feel that. I, uh, like, I still think an, he's the only one who has a clue who, how to win there. You didn't think that there was, like, you were already seeing signs of, whoa, this seems like uh, odd energy around. The fact that, you know, they're on Hard Knocks. Like, oh, we don't want Hard Knocks. And it becomes an Aaron Rodgers glory project for nine hours on HBO. It felt like they were already kind of buying into the hype. I I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback, and he would have been really good on the field for them. Yeah. But I don't think they brought him in as an emotional, functional guy. Like, that's not Aaron Rodgers. That's Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is the guy with all the talent who is a bit of an outspoken character, I think. I mean... No, you're right about that, but there was, I think there was going to be a part of him that was going to be... I know this, maybe, maybe this is not great. I thought he was going to be a stabilizing factor because guys couldn't, like, um, fracture. Like, last year, they were, like, wearing T-shirts to support the backup quarterback when the starter's playing. Like, that crap would not fly. wouldn't have to. But you don't, you're not going to get the fracturing in the locker room because Rodgers brings a gravitas amongst the players... That would keep everyone together. I, think. I see what you're saying there. But also, he's coming off a season where he refused to work out with the rookie receivers, and it was a total mess. It and he did like, the opposite of that with the Jets. He was yeah. in there all the time, right, but all why the would you? But why would you think he would revert to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets revert to the Jets? That's, I think, I think, and I, I'll admit, I was a little blindsided by it. I mean, I was a little overly optimistic about this, but of course this happened. Does this surprise you at all? First of all, I, I would like to see him leave the Jets and go somewhere else next year, just like Brett Favre. Because Brett Favre was awesome the year he left the Jets. Imagine getting Aaron Rodgers back in the title picture. Because I don't think, you know what? I'm not going to be fooled again. The Jets are never going to get this right. There is just no way. It doesn't The details are almost irrelevant. They are going to be the Jets. They're going to be Jetsy in. Oh, but the details forever. are so juicy and good. They're so silly. <laughs> That's what makes it Jetsy in, is the details are so are out of control. Think about if Robert yeah. Sala is texting with a super fan in Joe Beningo. Who else is he talking to? That means he's got to be talking to everybody. Like, I'm sorry. I know that might be a stretch, but how could you not think that? And if I'm a guy in the locker room, I'm like, what are you texting Mike Greenberg about me? What are you talking to Larry David about me? What are you talking to Liev Schreiber about me? Like, who knows who this guy's having conversations with? That's crazy. Is that's ground, that's, a, that's actually grounds for termination as far as I'm concerned. You know, totally. he's, talk, he's talking to people in the media uh, wait, wait, very wait, wait, casually. Wait. What are you talking about? Sean Payton has his plants all over the place. Yeah, like, but, all but the coaches have plants it does, in the media. It does, it, it, it's, come out, it's come out as a joke in this situation. It's not, everyone talks to everybody. But in this situation, it seems like it's... it's he got burned yeah, by Beningo. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's very, it's too casual there. There's a lot of leaks. So, 
But this happens all over. Coaches talk to media all over the but place. But you never hear about it. Well, you the never Sean Payton hear about thing, it. he went on the record with USA Today and had the whole, you know, thing about Nathaniel Hackett being a terrible coach and then blamed it on a latte. We I, clowned him for that. We, I mean, get, we, we totally laughed at him for that. But everybody knows in every city that the coach has his guy in the media. I know this one <laughs> went a little south, but th- this is not unusual for a coach to talk to the media I mean, members. Totally they all, not. All 32 teams but, have that situation. Okay, but generally the coach, I think – and this is no disrespect to Joe, who I know and I think I have a good relationship with, but they those people are a little more vetted and I think understand the situation. Like, hey, I'm talking to you, and if we're texting, this is not for broadcast verbatim on the air where you're reading my text messages. Like, normally reporters and sources, like, there's a little bit more of a, hey, here's what you can attribute to me. Here's what you have to do on background. Here's what we do off the record. There's levels and layers to this. And the mm-hmm. fact that Salah trusted the wrong person and got burned by Beningo is an all-timer. Like, we like we all know Joe, and Joe is great. But, like, is he the person you're giving top secrets to if you're an <laughs> NFL head coach? In I'm the sure, middle of the season? I'm sure there are other media members. I'm sure uh, Pete King, Peter King. I'm sure yes. Adam Schaff. I'm sure there are people you could talk to who would say, okay, this is obviously on background. Or this is obviously off the record. I mean, I don't think that radio hosts, sports radio hosts are the people that I'm talking to with this kind of well, sensitivity. You can talk to radio hosts and like, you know, we all have our people right. we call and stuff like that. It's just, it's got to be clear. You got to, uh, you have to, there has to be some trust there with the person you're talking to that they're not going to burn you. Right. I, that's why I think it's on Salah. I think yes, Salah handled it very, very loosely. Hey, where, wh- what what did they say? I, I actually, I didn't say, it did was, Joe text him and say, you should put Zach in? And he said, are you kidding me? Question so mark. Joe sent a six point plan to the head coach of the Jets in the middle of the season about what they have to do to turn the season around. Why are you soliciting that from Joe Benigno? And I love Joe Benigno again, but wait, you're wait, the you Jets just said NFL head coach. What, you think Salah asked for that? Hey, what's your six point? No, no, he, no, clearly no. he has a so, relationship with him. No, they do. So here's the first part was Salah was defending his poor record with the Jets, win-loss record, by texting Joe, and who else, who knows who else, the other early win-loss records for other, quote-unquote, successful coaches in the NFL. Okay. Comparing himself to Sean McVay's first years, to Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan's first few years, to Zach Taylor's first few years. So this is, like, clearly a bullet in the chamber that Robert Sala has to try to tell media people, hey, this isn't that bad. Like, my record is actually better than these other successful coaches in the first couple of years. Okay. Why do you care like so, you, so it's not soliciting. Like they're going back and forth. Like he's right, but that's not that's not super damaging because that has nothing to do. That's not a leak or anything. No, that's, that's just not a leak. Defending that's, yourself. That's defending yourself, right? So clearly, but clearly, rabbit ears up, right? right. On on people Keep in the media, receipts, as he said, keeping receipts. Yes, right. Yeah, he does say that. Um, and then Joe sends him a six point plan, right? About how to turn the Jets around. And number three on the plan was put Zach Wilson back in. Okay. And Robert Sala wrote back like, uh, you know, thanks for this and. As for number three, what are you kidding me? Right. And Joe went on the air and said that meant he doesn't like Zach Wilson flatly. And Robert Sala cleared up and said, no, I said, are you kidding me? Because you've been telling me how terrible Zach Wilson is. And now you want me to put him back in? Are you kidding me? Joe misinterpreted it. By by doing that, he kind of outed Robert Sala that they're having this back and forth conversation and talking about certain players in season and trust is 
broken, I think, at that point. If the coach is texting with Beningo, who hell knows who he's texting yeah, but with? Whereas, you know, about 80 feet away is Boomer Sison. You don't think he texts Frank Reich during the season? Of course, this is happening all over the place. Okay, but what do we what do we know from that? Uh, well, Boomer will probably report on it. Well, but Boomer <laughs> I mean, also protects Frank at times, too, yeah, yeah. right? Like, that's happens, what happens. This happens all the time. This seems a, a bit harmless to me. Like, this is... Robert Sala is going to get fired because not, they have four wins, and they're probably going to end the season with four wins. This is... I, I feel like this is, is getting a little bit overhyped because, I mean, he did have a defense. I kind of buy his defense. Am I an idiot that Sala said... Are you serious? Like, oh, no, I buy. I, I think Joe misinterpreted Yeah, yeah. By the way, Joe Beningo, guess that. If I'm a coach, I want to react, interact with Joe Beningo. Yeah, what are you talking about, Joe? Joe's fascinating when he talks about the Jets. It's Fireman Ed with a microphone. But you never hear Boomer say, I'm texting with Frank Reich every day. Yeah, but you hear you all hear sorts of media members saying, I got a text from this coach. Happens everywhere. Oh, yeah, of course. Right, right. But you, this... would, you would think that, I don't think that if Robert Sala would, do you think that he wanted Beningo reading the text messages on no, air? No, of course not. Definitely but not. this has happened millions of times where things were texted. Like, this happens all the time, but especially with players and former players. You'll always hear a story where players like, oh, so-and-so texted me this, and the player's like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. I mean, that happens. You guys, I think, are just paying more attention to it because it's the Jets. I don't think this is as rare a situation as you're pay, as uh, painting it. Uh, again, <clears throat> then I get Aaron Rodgers on McAfee saying we can't have these kinds of leaks when the head coach is like is talking to super fans, and that story comes out too. So, wait, do you think Rodgers, is there any chance he leaves? I don't know. I hope I, he does. Yeah. Really? Get him, get him out of here. I'm, I'm done with this. He's he only adds fuel to the fire. He doesn't do anything to help the situation. He only hurts the situation. Like, this already is becoming a clown show. And what does he do? He goes on Pat McAfee. He, this is a guy who's injured. Like, NFL players on all sports, usually there's a code. When you're injured, you're kind of maybe to be seen but never heard and maybe even not be seen. This guy wants to be seen every single week. He's adding fuel to this fire. He's wondering, oh, why, why are people trying to assassinate Zach Wilson's character? Guess what? Because you and Robert Sala keep saying Zach Wilson is so great. And you keep gaslighting everybody saying how great he is, how great a teammate he is, <laughs> yeah, how great a player he is, and he's good. not. Yeah. So this is why this kind of stuff happens. Well, that's you why could... Kelsey said Tuesdays are game days for Aaron Rodgers. Right, and and it's it's he doesn't help anything. So at this point, Point, like you're useless for us right now and if he comes back healthy whatever but I'm just so done with Aaron Rodgers and the mess he brings he does, he's, he brought in this clown Lazard he brought in this clown oh uh, you know uh, what's the name uh, the, the Cobb. Terrible Cobb. coordinator Hackett oh, oh Hackett but, uh, but, okay, Cobb but, can't play but here's like, the thing he's, bringing, he's, he's brought nothing to this team well Hackett was here before uh, uh, Rodgers got here even before that that was even considered and, and there was, it was a, to was, lure him here this was a dumpster right. fire before Rodgers got here that's what I think like Rogers, he, Robert Rogers doesn't make Robert solid text with Joe Beningo. But why does oh. I think uh, interesting point? Why does Rogers have to say that on Pat McAfee? Right. Like we need less. Like what's the point? What's he adding to the situation by saying that? By could, by defending Zach by saying publicly. About no, no, no. Leaks? We're saying but like this team needs to be careful about leaks. Like why would you say that internally? Like why would you say that on Pat McAfee? He's airing out the organization publicly. I think because it's that big of a deal. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Good teams don't do that. Good organizations. Like, it, maybe it happens every once in a while, but not to the degree that it happens with the Jets. Right, but also, 
a lot of players don't do that as well. Like, a lot of players don't go public with what should be an internal issue. Fair. He's saying, don't leak to the public. And then he says it in the public. On ESPN. Like, yeah, he's like, keep, <laughs> keep it in the building. Yeah. And then he's in ESPN. It's like Dan Lanning saying, we're not doing this for clicks, like when the ESPN cameras were in. I loved it. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Uh, coming up, special guest going to join the show, J.J. Reddick. You know him, you love him, maybe you hated him when he played at Duke. We're going to talk to him next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. And it is our pleasure right now to welcome in one of the most prolific shooters in the history of the NBA. He's joining us on behalf of DraftKings Sportsbook. They're offering additional promotions, including new customers who bet $5 to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. It's J.J. Redick, good enough to join us now. J.J., thanks for the time. How you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been I've been very busy, very busy. You know, juggling ESPN, the podcast, uh, all the stuff we do with DraftKings, and of course, of course, uh, coaching a fourth grade travel team, which has been uh, it's quite an experience. All right, rank the best fourth graders. Now, just kidding. Uh, we need you <laughs> on top of all of those duties. We need you to settle a show debate that is broken out between myself and Perloff. So we're talking a lot about the in season tournament, and we got on this debate, which is I said, how much do you think LeBron? cares about winning this inaugural in-season tournament. And Perloff said, well, it'd be lame to care about winning this tournament that much. And I said, well, don't you think Michael Jordan would care about winning this tournament? Mm. Why would LeBron be lame for wanting to win? And Michael Jordan, if he wanted to win, would be that crazy, maniacal competitor mm-hmm. that everyone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, loves forever. Well, it's funny how we uh, we can't talk about LeBron without talking about it. <laughs> it's funny how that, that works. Um I had I had to do uh, some promo stuff for ESPN because I called the I called every Friday's in season tournament uh, group play game during the month of November, and leading up to the first one, which was uh, Knicks at Bucks, did some interviews about this, and I've said this a couple of times, and I'll repeat it, and I think it's important to repeat: the NBA is full of uh, psychotic competitors, mm. and you don't need to give them a reason to wake up in the morning and compete for something. They just naturally do that. Um, we tend to look at uh, the players and uh, the guys that that aren't wired that way, and they, for some reason, stand out. And the reason they stand out is because the majority of players are psychos. <laughs> that's that's the reason <laughs> that we can sit there and talk about. Oh, he just, you know, he didn't bring it tonight. He's not as consistent. Yeah, because he's not a psycho. Most of the players in the NBA are psychos. Indiana, that game was so entertaining. It felt like a playoff game. And you get to the end of the game, Tyrese Halliburton, who's playing on in his first nationally televised TNT game, goes for a triple-double, hits that four-point play, hits Aaron Neesmith with the fast-break dunk. And the reaction to that, you can't tell me these guys don't care and it doesn't matter to them. They're competing for something. And for LeBron, I mean, he's, he's one of the ultimate psychos. Like, Chris Paul doesn't need a, a reason to wake up in the morning and compete for something. He's just naturally going to compete. That's how he's wired, and that's how LeBron's wired. Yeah, but some guys are more psycho than others. What Are all the legends about Kobe Bryant, for example, if everyone's a psycho, how do you really stand out as a psycho amongst a league full of guys who want to win? Well, you, you, do, you just do stand out. <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't. It's 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 not like a an intentional thing where like you wake up in the morning you're like you know what I'm going to stand out today <laughs> no you you just do what you do and you know you you spend I, I used to tell people all the time I'm like I, I when I would join a new team or tra- you know training camp preseason would start 
and we get our draft picks in, or you know, we we get a second uh, a guy in his second year who maybe was you know bottom of the roster his first year. Like I could tell within three days if that guy was going to have a long career or not. You're either wired that way or you're not. Like it just it just stands out. It, it, it makes sense. Are you watching? What are you doing on the on the flight after a game? What are you doing on the flight? What time are you showing up for your rehab? What time do somebody have to tell you to get extra shots in before practice, after practice? What are your off season habits? Like it, you just know. You just it's not like you know. And, and for young players, I think it's beneficial. This is why the vets are so important. Like you need to be around good vets who can show you by example what it takes to last. Um, and, and, you know, a guy like Kobe, who I had the chance to be around some with USA Basketball, I always tell the story, like, I get in for, I think it was 07, for the for the training camp. I was part of the national team for, from 06 to 08, and I didn't get the chance to try out in 06 for the World Cup team because I had a back injury. So the next year I come in, I show up on a Sunday, training camp starting on Monday, I get in, I text Chris Collins and Steve Wojciechowski, Duke assistant coaches at the time who were helping out, and I say, uh, hey, meet me at the, uh, you know, the practice gym at UNLV at 2 o'clock. I'm going to get some shots up. And so I, I go there. We're meeting on the court. Johnny Dawkins rolls in, uh, and I was like, J.D., man, you look rough. You out late last night in Vegas? Like, what's going on? You look like <laughs> And he's like, he's like, nah, man. Kobe's wearing me out. He's had me in. He's had me in here every morning at five a.m. You know, he's 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 got the counter to the counter to the counter, and he, then he makes he's got to make fifteen in a row. And he's like, he's in here for three and a half hours every morning at five a.m. Like Kobe was was absolutely the biggest sicko of them. <laughs> JJ Redick is joining us on behalf of DraftKings. Is Zion a psycho about being competitive? Um, in terms, you know, I was around Zion, you know, in, in terms of the, the work, it, it, it wasn't there when I was there. Um, and I think, I think it's important to note that for a lot of young players who are physically gifted, that, that, that have had probably an advantage leading up to their time in the NBA, just based on their athleticism the game comes a little bit easier. Um, you know, a, a guy like TJ McConnell, the game never came easy. <laughs> you know, a guy like CJ McCollum, the game never came easy. So I, I think that's in some ways for a guy like Zion, um, it's a little bit of like a learned behavior that it, it just takes time. And, and I think sometimes even with a guy like Zion, when you then have success in the NBA, well, it doesn't click just quite yet. And, and from everything I've heard, you know, with the injuries over the last couple of years, like it's, it's starting to click for him just in terms of, you know, being a little bit more maniacal about taking care of himself and the work. Um, but he's, I mean, in terms of, you know, talent and physical ability and uh, trying to win like that side of competitiveness, like he's got all that. J.J. Reddick joining us on behalf of DraftKings Sportsbook. They're offering official uh, additional promotions, pardon me, including new customers who bet $5 get $150 in bonus bets instantly uh okay i'm always like a little obsessed about this as someone who's on the outside which is the players only meeting which is something that the pelicans Mm. had you know and it was written about recently name a time jj when the players only meeting worked and then be honest and name a time when it really didn't work and the players only (laughs) meeting just like could not course correct what was going on um 
Yeah, I, I you know I I can think of a couple from my career. Uh, my first one was my rookie year, and I think it was after a practice on the road or after a shoot around on the road. We uh, we had a players only meeting on the bus. The, the the backstory on this was basically that we had a players only meeting. Uh, Grant Hill uh, primarily sort of led it. Uh, Tony Batie, Keon Dooling, those guys were very vocal as well. And uh, it was like it was like constructive, but the issue was uh, our coach at the time was Brian Hill, who back in his first stint with the Orlando Magic uh, had gotten fired right after a players only meeting. Uh, back back <laughs> with I think it was Penny and Horace Grant and those guys, and so the paranoia level uh, following that players only meeting like that is ultimately what made it uh, un- you know unconstructive like it, it didn't didn't really help us. Um, and then later on, uh, we had one my first year with the Pelicans, and we had like a 13-game losing streak uh, at one point early in the season. About halfway through that losing streak, I went to Alvin Gentry uh, when I got to the gym uh, for practice, and I just said, hey, man, you know, we're going to meet at 11, practice time. I don't know how long this is going to take, but we'll be out on the court after. And he's like, cool, you got it. And we sat in there. Uh, and we was just like open and honest and forthright. And like, it was very constructive. Now we lost a few more games in that losing streak, but I'll never forget like Alvin Gentry and Chris Finch end of the season. We lose in the bubble. Uh, and I go for my exit meeting and they were like, we, we had so many up and downs this year. Zion of course was hurt for a while, the bubble COVID, all that stuff. It's one of my favorite teams I've ever been on. One of my favorite groups I've ever had in my career. And I think a big reason for that was the players only meeting. We never broke. We, we, we stayed together. We enjoyed each other. We didn't point fingers. And ultimately, I think if, you, if, if you're telling the truth and you're holding each other accountable in these players only meetings, and it's not just about an agenda or what you want or what you need, uh, and it's about the team, those things can be very, very helpful. Talking to J.J. Reddick. J.J., not to creep you out, but I've been a neighbor of yours in New York City in the recent past. And I'm also a Sixers fan, so we have a lot in common. Love it. Love it. Question. Who, so far, I know it's very early, who do you think is come out on top of this Clippers-Sixers trade for James Harden? Um, It is early. Uh, You know, I I think for Philly, uh, it was a win because you get back rotation players, you get back draft picks, you can then package things and a number of those players they got in that trade are expiring contracts. So I think ultimately it could be a, a, a big win for Philly uh, come post December 15th, you know, leading up to the trade deadline um, for the Clippers. I still think it's, it's, it's too soon to really determine whether or not it was a win. Um, you know, anytime you add a ball dominant player to a roster, there's, there's a learning curve there. There's, there's some time it takes for everybody around, uh, Harden, uh, to get into a rhythm. You know, Luca, Luca's in Dallas the same way. Like, I think there's a learning curve there. Uh, certainly was there last year. They're playing much better this year, but there was a learning curve there last year where, you know, Kyrie goes there and it's, it's different. And Kyrie primarily, you know, has, has played off the ball um, for most of his career, but it, it, it's a, it's a different experience and it's a different rhythm 
Um, ultimately, if you have talent in the NBA, I think you can figure things out. I, I probably, if I was ever to coach in the NBA, I'd much rather have talent and, and some issues and problem solve around that than have zero talent and no issues. <laughs> well, JJ, if you ever coach in the NBA, don't you have to bring Coach K to like sit on the bench? Even if it's like in just an advisory <laughs> role, wouldn't that help? We know you did an interview with Toronto, right? But couldn't you bring Coach K out of retirement? Uh, you know, that's an interesting thing. I, Coach K, believe it or not, is awfully busy in retirement. He's consulting on a number of things. He's got all his speaking gigs. I, you know, I it would honestly have to be up to the owner because I know Coach K's uh, price tag is pretty hefty. So. <laughs> pretty high. Uh, JJ <laughs> yeah. Reddick, DraftKings Sportsbook. They're offering additional promotions, including new customers who bet $5 to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. We're DraftKings users, so we see your photo on all of our promotions, which is great. Really quickly, last thing, there's a show bet going on, JJ, and I'd love to get your take on it. Uh, Andrew Perloff has said that if Victor Wembanyama wins Rookie of the Year, he's going to drive from New York to San Antonio to apologize to Wemby by holding up a sign in <laughs> French that says, I'm sorry, Wemby, and walk on the Riverwalk. Uh, do you think Perloff will be making that trip to San Antonio or not? Well, why would he be sorry? Because he doubted him. Because he doubted him. I think Wembanyama is not ready to be a superstar. I thought he wasn't ready to be a superstar okay. yet. Like, I kind thought of take, like, take like take if Wemby wins it over my dead body, I'll drive to San Antonio and apologize to him. Kind of like, haha, Wemby. Interesting. Well, you know, I still, I, I, he still has a chance to win MVP. Uh, sorry, I, I would probably, I mean, rookie of the year. Sorry, I, I would probably lean towards Chet Holmgren at this point. Um, you know, I, the the Jeremy Sohan experience has been pretty <laughs> up and down for uh, for for Wemby and the Spurs. So you know, I still you know sixty some games to play or whatever. Uh, but uh, he he's in the running, and I. I Truthfully, I, I have no doubt that he will have uh, an unbelievable career and that he will be in the conversation for MVP and first-team All-NBA throughout his career. And, and part of the reason it goes back to how we started this conversation, um, the guy's just wired the right way and understands that at a very early age, um, the work and the, the maintenance and the extra care it takes to uh, – to play in this league and for any rookie you're going to have these ups and downs and lulls in the season it's just a completely different experience than college or, or playing in europe where you're playing once a week um but he's going to be great he, i have no doubt he'll be great secretly i just want to go to san antonio i have this breakfast taco spot there you know what i'm talking uh, about yeah, right. jj uh, why, why so here's the thing can we please bring breakfast taco culture to new york city oh yeah it's like what if there's like two two spots you can get them they need to be on every single corner there needs to be like a great breakfast taco place on every corner you go to austin texas you go to san antonio dallas like they're everywhere it's what i miss the most we, we lived in austin for a few years and it's like what i what i miss the most about austin <laughs> is just being able to be like you know what I want to go get a great breakfast taco. Then <laughs> I got to make them for myself. I, I don't. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Sounds like an injustice. Uh, we'll have to have you back another time to talk about Cooper Flag, but we're flat out of time. JJ <laughs> Reddick on behalf of DraftKings Sportsbook. JJ, thanks so much for the time. I really enjoy you broadcasting games now and on TV. It's great. 
All right. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. He's right about the taco thing. This is more of a yeah. bagel city. Well, that's the main reason I want to drive to San Antonio because there's little restaurant. It is unbelievable. It's worth the 27-hour trip. Yeah, he made me realize we should probably explain the bet a little bit more fully every time. Like, why are you going to apologize? Like, oh, because he called him when bust Yama, all of that. Manny Rodriguez is here with updates. Good morning, Manny. Good morning, you guys. Well, the last hour we spoke about the more exciting of the end-season tournament games. Now we turn to the one that ended up being a snoozer. Oh, great. <laughs> the Bucks they were hosting the Knicks in Milwaukee for the Knicks. Julius Randle was a machine. He had 41 points on 19 shots. Jalen Brunson had 24. R.J. Barrett added 23, but it was too much. Giannis going to pull up straight on three, and he buries it from straight on. Comes away flexing his biceps. Uh, courtesy Bucks Radio, Giannis scored 35 points, including that lone three. You guys, the Bucks were 23 of 38 from deep. That is 60%. Ooh. EJ, my God, dude. <laughs> it was like they could not miss. And it was crazy because Knicks probably executed the best they have all season offensively, and it did not matter at all. Scored 122 points to the Knicks. And still, remember the days, EJ, when we would just cry, wishing that, you know, we could score <laughs> 122 points in a game? And here we are in 2023, and we're still losing games, even though we're scoring 122 points. Wait, when did this update become some kind of Knicks cry party? Yeah. <laughs> Let's move it along here. The Knicks pity party <laughs> is me, officially yeah, over. Now, me and Manny had a little chat before yeah. we, we were going to get this ready to go for 720 <laughs> like, all right. or 740. You know, yeah. one problem was I noticed last night Giannis can literally fly. He reminds me, he dunked from nine feet away yesterday. I know. He, I mean, one, he's out of control. One dribble from half court. On a steal. One dribble. <laughs> and and I he said, dunked it. Okay, and I said, at some point, are we going to have someone who can dunk from the three-point line? And oh, everyone yeah. told me that yeah. I was insane. Well, that they, yeah, unless they were playing slam ball or we're putting, you know, jetpacks on guys. I don't know if we're seeing that. <laughs> I thought he was getting a little older and maybe couldn't jump like that. Then he had one last night. I was like, oh, he's still cat. Well, yeah, Robert, he's not even 30. <laughs> he's not even 30. Speaking of Giannis getting older, he actually turns 29 years old today. Is that right? Yeah, and he's actually not thrilled about being... About going to Vegas, you know, I'm away from my family. You know, I gotta, I gotta stay locked in. We gotta go there. We have two games ahead of us. I think we're facing Indiana, and after that, we're gonna face another team. So I'm just trying to stay locked in in the basketball games we're gonna play. And, you know, uh, I feel, I feel joy when I'm around my family. So my family's not gonna be there. So it's gonna be a weird birthday. He won't be with his family. A reminder that his brother Thanasis 
is a teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Half of his family, I think, is employed by the what? team, right? That was the anti-LeBron take right there. What, that he doesn't yeah, want to go? Care. He clearly doesn't care at all about the But clearly this was way, way more ridiculous than LeBron's take. I mean, he he plays in the NBA. He's around. He's away from his family often. He well, no, he's just saying, I don't, he's games. like, I think we play the Pacers. He clearly was, that was a, uh, I do not care about this statement. Oh, no, you watched him play. He definitely cared the way he was, he was destroying the Knicks last night. He but, scored 35 points. A dude averages 30 points a game. Whatever. Right. His, right. And his team had scored like a million points in this game, more than I think they've scored all, all season. Clearly, they cared about this, uh, winning this game in this in-season tournament. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that gentleman right there. Uh, now, a reason we've heard the players, uh, they're excited to be going to Vegas. Well, it's because of that $500,000 at the end of it. Well, it doesn't sound like Giannis got that memo in this exchange with TNT's Jared Greenberg postgame. Could make it a little better. You said you're going to play roulette. You're going to get at least $100,000, so that'll make it easier. Are we getting money now? We got some money? That's a, new, that's a surprise to you. The rich get richer. The rich get richer, <laughs> said the Greek poet. Honestly, he's where amazing. Is, yeah, where has Giannis been for the last month? Does this he not dude, listen to sports talk radio? But he's, also, this guy's like the Greek chorus. Like, he's saying exactly what everyone's thinking. What NBA player, especially Giannis, just signed another contract extension. It's not about the 500 grand. It's about the pride. Well, not said, for him. He doesn't even care about the pride. <laughs> he said the rich get richer, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He When I actually would say, right, he knew you got 500000 nope. Someone must have mentioned it to him. Well, well remember, Jared Greenberg there said you're getting 100000 because you get 100000 just for getting to Vegas. So a lot of people oh, also realize that. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so when he says you're getting money here, he's like, oh, we getting money now? I think he didn't realize that even getting this uh, far, you actually get some money. Is he going to just go straight to the casino, put that 100000 on red, and <laughs> ride it for till it's gone? Oh, he actually said he puts it on blue 34. I don't have that audio, but he puts it on blue oh. 34. The whole 100000 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why that makes sense, you though. flush 100 grand on the toilet. The Bucks <laughs> have an alternate jersey that's blue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, last night. Yeah, you want to do Giannis career earnings? Yeah, well, I, well, I, and he's only 29, so this is a part of his career. 29 today? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I'll guess in the range of $325 million. Not as Not not that high yet. 180? Mm-hmm. $250. $1. $234. <laughs> $234, and he's 29 oh, years old. EJ yeah. wins again. The rich get richer. Giannis Atacumumbo. <laughs> Family man. Yeah, I mean, but apparently not with uh, Thanasis, evidently. Uh, you guys want to do a little bit more baseball hot stove, perhaps? Yankees and Red Sox made their eighth trade, Maggie, since 1969 last night. Alex Verdugo goes to the New York Yankees for three right-handers. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts says the team met with free agent Shohei Otani for two to three hours and called the two-way star a top priority. And that probably took the Dodgers right out of the running for Shohei Otani because he said, if you leak anything about our meetings, it takes you out of the running. Manny, thank you so much. Fantastic job. job. (laughs) Nice job, Dave Roberts. That is the skipper Uh, coming up coaching rumor. That's just too juicy. We'll get to that in a minute. Don't move Maggie and Perloff CBS sports radio. Welcome back. Hey, it's Wednesday, which means coming up in just about 10 minutes, we will do our great debate question for the week. This one is a good one. Inspired by the news of the week. Good, but it's going to make some people mad because there is a topic out there that I'm still sensing a burning anger out in the field. A little sensitivity. Welcome back. 855-212-4CBS. We mentioned uh, the Shohei Otani, and Manny mentioned it a little bit in the last segment doing our update. And 
I got to be honest, like I'm all in on Otani. I love watching him. I'm in on the story. I like following his every move. But there's one part of this to me that just does not add up. If it is really true that he will take teams out of the running if they mention anything about meeting with him in free agency, that might be the most short-sighted, dumbest thing that he could possibly do. That this this seems like a fake story to me. That if anyone mentions that they met with Otani, they're immediately out of the running, like Fight Club or something. Like the first rule of Fight Club, you can't talk about Fight Club. If you talk about Otani's free agency, you're immediately out. Well, you're being inconsistent because earlier in the show, you agreed with Aaron Rodgers that the Jets should not be leaking things to the press. <laughs> now you want these baseball teams to leak the details of Otani? The coach is like bashing the he... quarterback, not that you met with somebody for a few no, hours. No, no. He's trying to see how tightly sealed these organizations are. No, I don't totally understand why he's doing this, but also I don't believe him because the Dodgers said this. Of course, I, I, how can these other teams compete with the Los Angeles Dodgers for Shohei Otani? Why are the Toronto Blue Jays in my timeline? Well, what is going on here? Because they might cut the biggest check. Here is what Dave Roberts, if this takes the Dodgers out of the running, I, then I can't trust Otani. Yeah, we met with him. You know, I don't want to, I'd like to be honest. And so uh, we, we, we met with Shohei and uh, we talked and, um, I think it went well. I think it went well. That It would be crazy if Otani's like, I'm going to make this massive yeah. decision about where I'm going to spend the next decade of my life and who I'm going to play for and who I want to win championships for. Like, these kind of tests, test them in some other way, not this stupid I've, stuff. I have a conspiracy as to why he doesn't want anyone saying anything. Oh, what do you got? We've seen some teams and players who have met with multiple teams Done the done the song and dance, right. done the whole recruiting trip, and then not choose teams, yeah. and they kind of come pariahs for those organizations yeah. when they go back. Shohei Otani is a rock star. He's the most popular player in sports. He's one of the most popular, or in baseball, sorry, yeah. sure. one of the most popular sure. athletes in sports. Yeah. I don't think he wants the smoke of having to go to Toronto or go to one of these places okay. and have people booing him because they thought they were getting Shohei Otani. EJ, you're sell- you're selling him short. Do you have to be much more mentally tough? Then, if you're going to really succeed and you're about to be paid $500, $600 million, newsflash, the pressure's coming. And if you go to a certain fan base, like you're going to get booed by your own fans if you don't do well. Like, if he decides to come to New York, which I don't, reportedly he has no, he has no interest in. Says like, a lot about him right there. Okay, but like that's the thing. If you're worried about the the one time a year you would go visit the Toronto Blue Jays and five fans are going to boo you, yeah. you are mentally weak. Okay, get out of here. There's a, some crap that an agent said anywhere. You know when and you know an agent is lying is when he's speaking. So he totally <laughs> signed it with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers just leaked it. So basically, it pro- you think Shohei so it makes him look a- toothless now. Like you, toothless. you, you did this whole thing. Dave Roberts was like, "No, we met with them. Now you're going to sign with them anyway." I think if like, he gets six hundred million dollars, <laughs> he'll live with you calling him toothless. <laughs> well, plus I think fair. Shohei is probably not even paying as much attention to this as we are. I mean, Shohei's got his own own vibe going, and it's not like us. Well, sure. 855-212-4CBS. Great debate series. What did we pick this week? Hint, it's inspired by the biggest news story of the week. We got it for you next. Stay tuned. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.